Hi, this is Jeff. And this is Jessica. You guys are listening to the Pinball Podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. If not, there's plenty of other options out there, such as... Well, this flipping podcast is a good one. Yeah. There's also Spooky Pinball Podcast. Uh, Broken Token. Yeah. Uh, the Pinball Players Podcast. It's a great one. And Heads with a Z. They're back. Yeah, some as good as ever, maybe better. Um, you also have Pinball Junk... Oh, sorry. Game Room Junkies. Fantastic one. They've got the, the mix of the arcade and pinball in there. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't forget... Bro, do you even talk pinball? Right. The Buffalo pinball guy's doing their thing. Um, also, you know, there's coast to coast, but well, they, they get the idea. Um, anyway, check check those out if we don't do it for you. Anyway, let, let, let's get on with the show. Jessica. Yes, Jeff. It's Sunday, October 22nd, and this is episode 114 of the Pinball Podcast. It's true. And do you know what tomorrow is? The 23rd? Tomorrow's Depeche Mode Day. I know. You're going to go see them live in concert. <laughs> Finally. I have no idea how I've lasted this long without ever going to see Depeche Mode. Um, however... I am going. I picked up tickets when they went on pre-sale. It seems like, what, six, seven, eight years ago that I got those tickets. And I am bringing my fellow uh, Belle and CFF lady, Heather, and our friend James. And the three of us are going to go. We're going to get dinner. And then we're going to go to the show. And it's going to be amazing. Um, They've been around for a while. <laughs> a so. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Finally getting around to seeing them. Um, I'm still super bummed out that Tom Petty died. I saw him in concert, but I know he was going to do one big tour, and I was planning on road tripping if needed to see him on that. But I saw him, too, uh, in New York when I was in high school. Went and, went and saw him. It was really great. Very good life show. And very sad. I know. So... On that bummer note, let's uh, get into things a little bit, I guess. Uh, okay, so today, yeah, it's been like almost an entire month since we recorded about about three and a half weeks or so. Um, life happened, so um, there were times when you couldn't record, there were times when I couldn't record, times when neither of us could record. But we're here but now. We're back. Yeah, yeah. The, the show's not dead. Um, and so we're, we're quite a few things have happened. Expo happened. Um, but all that secondary to us, let's talk about us for a little while. What have you been up to? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I've been out and about the past few weeks playing some location pinball, um, C-bar of course, quarter world. Um, I actually went over to Clinton street pub. I don't go there terribly often, but I went out there, um, went over to the lost and found, which is by my house. They have a Lord of the Rings and a junkyard and it's like a champagne cocktail type situation. They've got beer and stuff too, but, um, their champagne cocktails are themed after each of the golden girls. So I okay. super enjoy that. Um, 
And then I went to a new place where I hadn't previously gone to play. Um, my friend Bernard wanted to play Adam's family and I was just kind of looking around and seeing where it was nowadays since I haven't seen it on location in a little while and found this place called the Lalo. I probably shouldn't talk about it because then people are going to go there, but oh my <laughs> gosh, I really dig this spot. So they had, um, an Adams that played beautifully, really, really nice machine. Then they had like a ECDC pro that did not play well and was also 75 cents a play and Adams was 50. So I was like, I don't understand your logic. I am clearly just putting all of my money into Adams, but they had a rad DJ. They've got these like plush, like, um, you know, curvy booths that go like the whole wall. There's an outdoor patio. It was such a good time. So I will definitely be going back to Lalo. Um, Wow, there's been two Bells meetings since we last spoke, um, and we did Battle of the Bells over at Pinball Outreach Project, and Brienne won her very first uh, tournament, so awesome job over there. It was really fun. Um, it probably would have been more fun if I hadn't been in a car accident the day before. Yeah, that was a little bit of a bummer. Oh, it was a super bummer. So... Um, my friend Crystal in Chicago, she sent me a message that there was a Chicago Belle, Jane, who was in Portland. So I reached out to her to see if she wanted to play some pinball. We met up over at Blackbird Pizza to play some games. I had a couple other people come and meet us out. So that was really fun. Um, a friend of hers had just moved here. Not a pinball friend, just, a, you know, a friend who she was seeing and dragged around to play pinball with us. But Jane's rad. I'm really glad that I got to meet her and spend some time with her. I want her to come back out here. Um, so then we went, it was like a few days later, um, when Bowen got to town, the Borg and Bowen and Jane um, and her friend, we all went to go see Baby Driver at the second run movie theater Laurelhurst here in town because I need to see Baby Driver in the theater more. So when we left, um, there was a woman who was pulling out of a parking lot onto a street, and she did not look or stop, and she just smashed into the side of my car. So that was really fun. My car's in the shop now. And what kind of car do you drive? A Honda Fit. Okay, that's pretty small. Or, right? or, a, uh, or a Yukon. That's pretty big. I think the fit could go inside the Yukon. Got it. So I drive a Versa hatchback, like a little, little guy. Yeah. And when I went to like, you know, the body shops, my insurance is awesome and they're taking care of everything. And she fully admitted she got out and she was just like, I didn't see you there. But one thought I was going to sock her because I was really, really mad. I'm like, my lights are on. Like there's no one else around. She obviously just didn't even look. So, and then she was so nonchalant about it when she got out of the car. I was a little frustrated, but she ended up being nice and apologetic. So I diffused the situation pretty quickly for me. But for a minute there, it was like, mm, not feeling great about this. Um, so when I got the car, they're like, well, you get a rental car, you know, and we'll cover up to X amount per day. And there's an enterprise that's kind of close by my house and the body shop where I dropped my car. So I told them I need a compact car. I cannot drive big cars. It's not a thing that I like to do or have to do often. So when I do it, it's terrible. 
Um, so then they gave me like a Sonata. It's a boat. <laughs> I really, really do not like being in this car. So I'm now chugging along in that thing. And it's... Does it beep in your reverse? No, no. Although I could just like make the sound effect myself. It should beep when I'm in reverse because I don't know how far back the end of the car is. It's like in another zip code. Um, yeah, but it, I was really frustrated with myself because that whole thing could have been avoided um, had I stuck to my original plan for that Tuesday night, which was to go see Ben Ottawell from Gomez perform at this club here. I should have just gone to the concert and let everybody else go do their own thing for the night. But I was trying to be like group activity that everyone will enjoy. So up to a point up to a point. Yeah. Um, which was then, I don't know, which was then followed by the news that Gomez, the band that he's from, they were like, big news, big news. And it's the 20th anniversary of their first album coming up. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to do a tour or like a, re you know, something's going to happen. Yeah, no. One show, all this hype, like days ahead of time. And then they announced one show in London. Like, great. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Sweet. <laughs> great job getting me super excited for absolutely nothing. Um, but now I get to go see Depeche Mode tomorrow. So this is not about pinball. Okay. Um, prom. We had pinball prom. And it was yeah. amazing. We had 28 pairs play. So 56 people all dressed up in um, the back room over at C-Bar. So we moved. There's like usually a big center table where you can put drinks and food and there are stools and that kind of thing. So we totally moved that out of the way. Otherwise, I really don't know how we would have done it. Well, I did it last year with 54 people back there, but man, it was so tight. And we just like took over the rest of the restaurant. So, uh, standing room only. Yeah. So, um, my friend Matt, who was there, I, I kind of strong armed him into, he had a camera with him and my photographer situation didn't work out. I couldn't find anyone to commit to it ahead of time, but he was such a good sport. And I plied him with beer and whiskey and, uh, he took some really great black and white photos of the couples like at the machine. So basically every pair would come up and there was like a big line and everyone got their picture taken like prom photos on whodunit, which was really fun. Um, I think he put a bunch of those pictures up today. I've been internetless, so I haven't had a chance to look at them all, but yeah, he was such a good sport for it. Man, the costumes were so great. Um, Meg and Sue from Bells, they did a Dumb and Dumber suit look. It was perfect. Just could not have been any better. So um, everyone should definitely go check out the pictures on the Bells page because man, I love the effort that everyone put into things. And I had so much help from everyone getting things set up. Um, you know, Meg came early and helped with decorations and Bowen was helping with that too. And then uh, my friend Melissa helped get all of the you know, raffle prizes organized. We had some great stuff. John Chad donated two original pieces of artwork that went into that. Uh, my friend Andrew donated massage. My friend Evelyn donated a ton of like really nice camping gear, like a pop-up beach cabana thing. And then all of these like all weather sleeping bags and 
there was such amazing stuff. I was really excited. And then Quarter World donated, Ground Control donated, Rose City Pinball donated, and we raised um, just under $1,000, which is awesome. Um, it was so successful. Everyone had such a great time. So then, of course, I was like, well, uh, I'm going to, you know, just keep my calendar packed as full as possible. And so I'm doing prom in Seattle. <laughs> on December 8th over at Flip Flip Ding Ding. So if anyone's in Seattle or in the Seattle area or you have friends, um, we will also be raising money for Best Friends Animal Society. So I'm just going to keep that going um, to up our donation amount to them. And it's Friday, December 8th at Flip Flip Ding Ding. And that's posted online too um, for events on Facebook. And I kept the bit.ly live, so if anybody um, wants to support the cause but can't be there at prom, um, it's bit.ly slash pinballprom. Very cool. Now, when you click on that, it actually, it does, it's not just like a general donation to best friends. It actually signals it's coming from Pinball Prom, it right? It does, yeah. So when we can kind of show... Um, you know, how much we're bringing in from these events. I definitely think that it gives us a little more clout and then we can get some better donations for raffle prizes and, you know, it'll just grow from there. But yeah, they, they've been really nice to work with and they went into um, hurricane states and they rescued animals that had to be left behind when people were evacuated and they reunite them with their families or if families aren't able to take their pets where they are right now until they find permanent housing. They help find um, foster homes for those animals. So it's a really great thing that they're doing. I'm really excited to support them and to kind of keep that going um, now yeah. for a Seattle event. So great. yeah, so that was fantastic. We um, then went down the next day was the open tournament at Blair Alley and it's um, it's a herb style format, so kind of you buy tickets and um, try and put up scores. So it's not a format that I like, but I really want to support Blair Alley and everything that they do. So Hayden's been running that tournament there and doing a really great job of it. Um, but I at least wanted to be able to go down and play some of the non-tournament games and that kind of thing. So we loaded up in the car for that. Um, it was me and the Borg and our friend Dave and Bowen, everyone just kind of got in and Eric thankfully drove so I wouldn't have to drive um, the rental car down there. So that was much appreciated. Um, my friend Mindy, she won the women's tournament division. So super happy for her. Um, and I got to see my friend Gavin, who's the main tech there, um, who should be joining us on the next episode, um, just to kind of talk about his game selection and kind of how they keep things there. It's my favorite place to play pinball that I've been to yet. Um, and his game selection and the way that he keeps those games playing is definitely a huge factor for me there. Um, Definitely helps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we actually spent some time talking about he's having an issue with his fathom there because it's, you know, single fire drop targets. So, like, it re can reset single drops. And the interesting thing with that, and also drop single drops. So, 
nine ball is the same kind of mechanism where it's single fire. And I'm having the, this interesting problem where in between every ball, randomly, some of those drops will fire. And then he's having the same exact issue on his fathom. So it's like stern valley, like just there. It's so interesting that the machines are different, different manufacturers and the same problem. So it's funny. My friend Jake was kind of trying to help me troubleshoot it. And he gave a list of all the stuff that he was going to check or things he was going to try. And then when I was talking to Gavin about it, like a few days later or a week later, he goes through the same exact list, but he has already tried all of those things. So then I was able to like send a message to Jake and say, okay, he's having the same problem in a different game, but here's all the stuff that he already did. Um, so now we're kind of going from there and trying to help each other figure out what the heck is going on. Um, Jake did fix my Sea Witch drop target problem, which is awesome. Um, and I got to play it for all of like four days before the start button stopped working. So we're going to look at that. I can't figure out what it is. Like all the wires are connected. I've, I've done all the jiggling. That's the extent of my technical expertise. So you did jiggle the cord. Yes, I jiggled all the things that were anywhere okay. near the start button. Um, and nothing, nothing changed. Um, so that's kind of frustrating, but I've been playing a lot of nine ball and then hung out at sea bar with my friend drew, who I hadn't seen in a while. And then this whole weekend was the retro gaming expo here in Portland. Um, so Chuck, who runs the retro gaming expo on Wednesday, Thursday, like midweek, he sent a message asking if Bells would like a booth or like a, he said table in the arcade section by the pinball machines. And I was like, oh, that would be rad. Let me see if I can get people to help. So I put the SOS out to Bells um, to see if anybody would be interested in working the booth kind of in exchange for passes for the weekend. And man, like I love these ladies so much. They were just like, yep what do you need? We've got it. So my friend Emily helped me set everything up on Friday. Um, and then she was back on Saturday doing volunteer shifts. Meg was out volunteering, uh, Brianne and Leslie and Melissa and also Melissa, two Melissas. So there was a huge contingent of bells who came out to just, you know, sit, sit around. It was a weird spot for us. I feel like if it was a pinball convention specifically, yeah, we would have sold out of everything. The booth would have been pretty, pretty packed, pretty busy. Um, but Retro Gaming Expo, it's, it's a different audience. It's a lot of like home players and mostly like console video games. Um, it's, there's not a huge pinball contingency, at least not that we saw kind of coming through. And it could have been the spot that we were in. Um, cause we were like right across from concessions and stuff, but it was a little low traffic, but I still think that it was good that we did it and kind of got the name out there a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had a retro gaming expo and they, they offered us uh, a space pretty late and we ran a tournament and we had a free play area and everything. And even though we kind of, kind of came together on it a little bit late, uh, it turned out awesome. Um, you know, we ran 
multiple tournaments actually, and people loved it. Like a lot of people were pretty surprised to see that stuff there. And there was supposed to be another group being like the retro arcade or the stand up arcade games, and they bailed oh, like no. the night before the show. So luckily, all the local pinball guys uh, stepped up in a pretty good way, and it was a pretty big hit. But yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't realize how much they're going to like it until they wand over and give it a try. Yeah. So. so what you're saying is that next year I just need to get the arcade people not to show up and then just have pinball and everyone will 100% More play pinball. it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not say okay. that. There were still there were, there were a lot of people there playing pinball too, so it was... Um, Ground Control brought like a ton of games and we actually ended up being situated next to um, some of the homebrew pins. So my friend Mike has been working on his own machine that's in, um, it's in an old Revenge from Mars cabinet. So he's doing a lot of work. He actually has a screen at the top of the game that kind of carries down to what's happening on the play field. So he's using the screen up top and he has like the characters that come down onto the play field. And one of them like starts at the top and then jumps down into the game. It looks really cool. Um, and I flipped on it for a while and it, it plays really fun. He's, you know, getting some code and rules in, but he's doing some really interesting stuff with, um, you know, tournament play and giving lots of different options for how you play the game. Um, he has one model that he's looking at where it's like a 30 flips game. You get 30 flips, but then uh -huh. there's like one of the shots. If you, there's a drop target in front of it. So you get that down and then go into the scoop and it's going to be like a store where you can trade in a certain number of points for like 10 more flips or you can do, um, you know, increase playfield multiplier by a certain amount, but then it limits you to only X more flips kind of thing. So a little risk reward um, kind of situation. And if you actually get those shots, you get to choose how you're going to go through um, the rest of the game. So it's very interesting but it was fun to flip on um he's been showing me pictures of it for a few years now and it, it was great to actually play it um so that was really really nice um i saw my friend john from seattle um he's with fangamer so i've worked the fangamer booth at this particular convention three four years now and it's always fun it's always really busy there too so it's been a long weekend and I'm pretty excited to uh, be home. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. But, I mean, everybody's favorite day is tomorrow, so that'll be cool. It's Monday. Oh, oh. Oh. mode day. But it's concert day, yeah. It is concert day. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been up to? I've done a few things. Um, we had a pinball tournament here locally. It was held at a location, Nickel Mania. Um, I started out really, really well. Um, and then ran into issues like in the second to last round on a Stargate. 
Oh. Uh, I don't want. I I should have called for a ruling. That's all I'll say. That's all I'm going to say about it. I should have called. Location games, they have issues. Sometimes those issues affect everybody universally. Sometimes they are unequal in their affected state. But um, essentially, I had a ball end prematurely. And it was a very, 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 very close match. And so I came out on the wrong end of that. But after that, I was pretty um, bothered. And it definitely affected my next round. So actually, it was my that was the sec, third to last round. Because um, I just could not pull my head out in that next round. I was bugged. And then I went and won the final matchup. But it was not enough to get back up into the top three. Uh, I don't know. It's just... I never call for a ruling, like ever. I'm either going to have to learn to start doing that. Um, but the times that I have, I generally get a kind of, I don't know. So I usually just don't bother to. So anyway, um, that was fun and frustrating. So fun or frustrating? I don't know. Um, I had a youth group over here earlier this week and... Most of them had not really played pinball. They were aware of it and stuff. Some of them had in the past. And so that was kind of fun, um, watching them learn it. And always when I have a group, one of the first things I do is just gather them all up. Uh, not to bore them or anything, but I just give them about two to three minutes a quick, if it's flashing, try and hit it with the pinball. You know, if you flip later on the flipper, generally it's going to shoot wide. If you shoot early, it shoots narrow. Um, and then show them how the tilt works. Because almost everybody, the first time they play pinball, they're completely unaware of the concept of even nudging the machine. So I always take them over to something and show them how the tilt works, what you can get away with. And said, first of all, I just tell them, these are machines that were meant to be out in an arcade. And you guys are animals and you treat things poorly. I'm not asking you to do that with my machines, but just realize that they are built to take a little bit of shaking and a little bit of nudging and use that to your advantage. And um, then I just kind of turn them loose. And if they want to do a tournament or competition, I'll uh, organize something for them. And uh, this time they just wanted to play. Um, I think they just didn't want any breaks in the action, so they just were playing. But as I walked around, I noticed that these kids were starting to figure out rules. And by the end of the night, some of them were very specifically going after some rules on um, Iron Man. Uh, I saw that's a pretty simple game, um, but I saw that they figured out the rules to get into multi-balls on ACDC, and they were going after those. And um, believe it or not, Wizard of Oz uh, had three or four kids who had figured out what they needed to do to start the multi-ball or get the ball up to start rescue and the upper left play field. And so just kind of watching, and I mentioned it to them at the start. I said, all these games, uh, it's not just that they have different dimensions to them, but they have different rules and they're all, um, you know, unique. So pay attention to what's happening when you hit stuff. And, um, it wasn't just the low hanging fruit that they figured out. Like, of course they figure out on attack from Mars, how to destroy a, a saucer pretty quickly or, or, or things like that, but it was fun um, watching them do that. Uh, of course, everything was running at 100% before they come, um, like within a couple of hours before they came, and then once they got here, there were a few weird things, like Twilight Zone, all the coils are dead, everything. So 
I don't know why. <laughs> um, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I'm sh- I'm hoping it's just a cable needs to be reseated or something. It's it's weird that they would all be out. So it's probably something very simple. Um, and then Tron, my lighted romp romp ramp mod. <laughs> Uh, isn't changing colors, which is the coolest thing. And so I got to see why that stopped doing that. Um, There were a couple of other little things. Um, Something I'd never seen before on my ACDC, you know when you open the coin door, it kills all the high voltage and the coil stopped working? This one wouldn't work if the door was closed. So I'd have to open the door to play it, which I don't know why. Um, Yeah, so um, that was weird. Um, so I've got a few pinball, uh, fix it projects to do here, probably in this next week. And I don't know, it's always good to have something to do on the machines, but I, I have such limited time. I just kind of want to come downstairs and play, Yeah. but, um, it's, it's good to keep the repair skills sharp as well. Other than that, I haven't bought or sold anything, um, <laughs> I'd been pretty active with that recently, so last two or three shows I had stuff. Um, I almost got in on some deals and was able to keep the trigger finger from going. So what did you? I, I need get? to. Well, there was a bunch of games that were listed locally. There was just um, some EMs. There were some solid state games, and uh, a sorcerer sold locally, which. It was really cool because a guy in our league picked it up, so that should be in league rotation. I really love competing on that game, so him getting that's very good. Um, but if I had seen it early enough, I would have thought about it too long. I definitely would have bought it because I like it. <laughs> and then uh, there was a target pool that came up that I almost grabbed. Um, I don't know if it's still there or not, but I've got way more games than space, and I need to get everything working 100%, decide what I want to do with my space, and then hold off for buying for a while. I still have the playfield swap to do on Heavy Metal Meltdown. So, um, Other, yeah I, yeah, I guess that's about it. I guess other than that, I just kept an eye on things happening with Pinball Expo um, and, you know, what, what was going on with their tournament and the news coming out of that. We'll discuss that in a few minutes, but... Um, yeah, not much else. I don't know. Like you went through your stuff. I don't know if there's anything that you thought of that you forgot to mention, but Oh no. I I went through a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, I did have to back out of the um IFPA pinball head to head championship. I'm going to be uh volunteering for the elementary school's Halloween carnival instead. You did mention that. So poor choices. I don't Oh, do it for the kids. Um, but uh, I really want to play the head-to-head. I think that's a really fun format. Um, I'm I'm excited that that's going to be a thing. I hope it's a hit and that we see more of that. Um, I think it's going to be really fun to watch. So I, I'll save my pinball travel money for shows coming up next year because there's going to be some big ones next year. Right, like and, when you come to replay and play in Pinburg. And final leg for the uh, um, uh, Evil Knievel, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so. that's right. So I was going to wait until, well, we can just talk about Expo and then I'll talk about the thing because I was going to save it for that. I'll continue to save it. 
just patience abounding here. Um, well, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll wait for that. And you know who else has been very active in pinball? Nifty LED. That's right. I bet they thought we weren't going to talk about them today. But I thought it's been so long since we, <laughs> it's been so long since we've talked about us that I felt like we needed to reconnect first. So well, here we are reconnected. But that's right. Nifty LED is very active in pinball, especially since you know the next Chicago gaming remake game is coming. And for those that don't know. Um, Shame on you if you don't. Nifty LED is the bulb supplier for Chicago Gaming. And if you want replacement bulbs for any of your Chicago Gaming games, just Attack from Mars Remake, um, Medieval Madness Remake, none of you have the third game yet because it's not out. But when that's out, if you want replacement bulbs for that, Nifty LED's got your back. Did they announce the next one? No. They have not. But it's supposed to be at Texas Pinball Festival in March. So... Whether that means it's just going to be there announced and available to order, or if it'll be announced ahead of time and then you can see it there, um, who knows. But I have a feeling we'll get the announcement ahead of time to build some hype, get people excited to go see it. So um, if you want bulls for those games, get them at the LED. But if you also just want pinball LED bulbs for all your other games... And I mean, every single game you own, they have the right bulb for that. Uh, don't do perp. Perp it up. Just keep it keep it classy. Um, treat a pinball machine right. And uh, find all that stuff at niftyled.com. And, you know, they're good guys, I guess. Right? I mean, you've out- you ever had you any problems for them? No, no, no. I've had a uh, great, great customer service Dealing. from them i when i have been getting more i feel like my game collection just sort of like all of a sudden here's all these new games um because i will have um a new arrival and i'll possibly be picking up another machine in the next couple of weeks but uh oh. the first thing that i do is swap out the balls because nobody likes old balls rattling around on their play field no, it's it's harmful, and it's just not right. Exactly. So, check them out, niftyled.com. Uh, well, let's talk about Expo then. Okay. Are you ready for Expo, or do you want to do you want to squeeze something well, in ahead of that? Well, let's, or? let's do it. Okay, so ready. Pinball Expo. It's this little show that's been going for quite some time out in Chicago, uh, your old stomping grounds. But uh, there were a few things that happened that that were kind of cool um so we'll, we'll talk about those um just as kind of a quick brief overview so uh spooky pinball brought total nuclear annihilation and the official launch party for that was at the pinball life open house and then they had it for play at the double danger booth at the show um obviously jersey jack unveiled pirates of the caribbean we'll talk about that um stern pinball was kind of caught in the middle of a cycle i guess it just didn't align last year they had batman there um this year i i guess with star wars being so recent um they weren't ready for a new game at this point but you couldn't play so, batman there last year right they just showed it you barely can play it now well, so anyway <laughs> uh, 
I'm surprised they didn't uh, at least announce something or like show some progress shots on Elvira, which they announced or something. They, they, yeah, they did. Well, they announced Elvira last year at Texas Pinball Festival, but I believe, oh gosh, this could be bad info. Um, the first time we've ever had that on our show, honestly, that Elvira will be at Texas Pinball Festival in some form. I don't know if that means just like unveiling of images or whatever, but apparently the next Stern machine, though, is set to be shown within the next few weeks. So um, they just weren't quite ready to show it, um, do you th- but soon. Do you think that's because it was the John Trudeau game? Uh, possibly. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much that affected their timeline. Um, but with the last few games, Stern's timeline has always been pushed back. So this, maybe they planned on having it ready for Expo, but Star Wars was later than planned. Um, so this was going to be pushed back. I, I'm not sure to be honest, but we'll, we'll maybe know that story a little bit more after everything's settled with Trudeau. But I'm not sure. I thought he, the rumor for which game they're going to be showing, I didn't think that was John's game. I thought John's game was a different one. But I've heard Iron Maiden. That was supposedly John's game, but I don't know anymore. Because mm. now they're saying, I've heard people say, no, that's actually Keith's game, and Guardians of the Galaxy is next. Um, but we'll see. I mean, with Trudeau, they should just credit it to Stern Pinball and just leave it at that. That's fine. Put put George Gomez as the designer for All I Care, since he kind of runs the show. But um, whatever they need to do, just get the game out and uh, let's see it. Yeah. Oh, I should have I should have mentioned in, in what I've been doing in Pinball. Because it's kind of tied to this. So what Stern did do, though, is just ahead of Expo, they they released the Stern of the Union address. Did you see that? I did not. Okay. So it's kind of like their, hey, this is what's going on um, info dump. And it's called Stern of the Union, which I don't think makes a lot of sense. Shouldn't it be State of the Stern? (laughs) I think so, right? Or State of Stern address? Uh, Whatever. Yes. All that aside, uh, code updates are coming. So apparently, um, continued updates, obviously, for Star Wars and Batman 66. But also, there's still that KISS update that's supposed to happen. Or it did happen, right? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, they're, they're supposed to give a final pass update to both Aerosmith and Ghostbusters, which is great news because I like Ghostbusters. I really do. I know it's a polarizing game. But it's just unfinished. The final wizard mode is the worst multiball in the game. It's obviously placeholder, like just to have something there. And the super duper wizard mode is just like nothing. Um, but there, it just needs some score balancing. There's still some bugs in it. It's it's unfit for competition, basically, with the bugs in there. And so they clean that up, then I would trust it uh, as far as tournaments go. And if they can balance the scoring out a little bit, I think it'd be a great tournament game. Um, I think it deserves that treatment. So I don't know when that's going to happen. Obviously, priority right now is Star Wars and Batman. But just knowing that they've said, hey, it's coming, that's good news. So um, 
the other thing that Stern did is, and they do this every year, they have the factory tour where um, you can pay $50. And I don't know that that's Expo charging that for the ride over there or if that's Stern's cost, whatever. It's $50 on your Expo ticket to go to the Stern factory tour. And they'll walk you through the assembly line and all that stuff, show you things that are going on. Um, it's pretty cool. You can see um, past games that they've released, kind of do some question and answer and then uh, check the place out. I'd love to see the, ter- the factory. That'd be a lot of fun. And then um, other things going on besides, I'd say I mentioned Stern, Jersey Jack, uh, Spooky Pinball. Um, Dutch Pinball said that they've secured a new builder for uh, or, um, the Big Lebowski. They need a certain number of orders to get the ball rolling. I, I don't know who's going to jump in and do that, but... They have an agreement in place, and we'll see if they can make it happen. Um, I don't know. I'm not super confident in that. Um, Houdini was at the show in an updated form, and uh, see before we go back, I've oh, heard go, go ahead. really mixed reviews for the updated Houdini, which I had one of my like Instagram friends sent this like very long. Um, kind of explanation of why they didn't didn't like the uh, the new Houdini updates. How it's like really slow. It's all flipper modes. Um, right. Just like okay, well, I enjoyed it when I played it. So I don't know. You know, you always hear about at Expo how the game's playing float slow or floaty or um, all that kind of stuff, but. It's hard with conventions to know actually yeah. how the game is going to play. Yeah, that's a problem. So a lot of times there's just not enough power. Um, and the flippers and the mechs suffer for that. Sometimes, and I, if people are doing this, they got to stop. But a lot of times when they take the games around, um, the exhibitors will turn the flipper power down to try and keep the game from getting beat up. But nobody likes to play a game where you can't make a ramp shot right. or or something like that. So, so from what I heard, yes, that Houdini suffered very much from that, whether it was self-inflicted by turning the power down or the room couldn't handle it. Um, that's a bummer because I, I, I thought it was really cool at Texas Pinball Festival, and that was just a prototype. Um, getting closer to release, hearing that it regressed, that's very worrisome. Um, hopefully the next time it's out in public, it's better. So um, we'll have to see. I guess it was a little bit crashy still, but they might have been running new new code, trying things out. Um, I hope I hope they turn it around because uh, it looked really cool when I saw it. Yeah, definitely. Any of the operators I've talked to though are like, I'm not touching it with a ten foot pole, and I'm like, fair. It's the first game from a new company, but I hope that someone gets it so that I get to play it more than just the one game I put on it at the Northwest Pinball Arcade show. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, let me go back over a few of those things that happened. Uh, there was more stuff that came out, uh, but we'd be here forever if we tried to hit them all. So let's hit the highlights. Um, in the, uh, Jersey Jack area, you know, they they unveiled as mentioned Pirates of the Caribbean. Now we we kind of knew that that was the theme that was coming, and I'm still not super excited about 
the theme choice, but I've never really cared that much with themes. Um, I Very few bands annoy me more than Aerosmith that I've really actually kind of come to enjoy the game. So um, if it plays well, if it's fun to compete on especially, I can generally get past the theme. Um, but uh, so... At least with with pirates, it's not like it's a bad theme. It's not like it's an annoying theme. It's just not all that exciting of a theme, I guess you could say. But the gameplay on the thing like blew my mind. Um, did, have you been able to see much of it at this point? Um, I haven't, but I did do a lot of eye rolling at the thirty-two sextillion combinations of ways to play. I'm like, oh god, and I just tuned out immediately. Okay, so the explanation for that, because I like depth, but I don't like needless complexity. Does that make sense? Like, when I say depth, um, more not in, like, it's difficult to do things, but that um, it's approachable in different ways. Um, I I guess I don't generally love a single way to, to play a game, and if you're playing it differently than that, then it's diminished. So what they mean by those is that when you start the game, it randomly selects five modes out of a pool of like 102. And I guess as you play those modes and that you're replaced by different modes, um, they're randomly selected. So technically the combinations that are there of, of the, with that many com- combinations available, you should never see the same game twice. Why do you need 102 um, modes? They're, they're not selling it to the operator, I guess. Keep the home buyer interested. Um, they're using the movies, like all of the movies. And there's a lot of stuff that happens across that many movies, I guess. All 102 movies. I, I just don't... That's Almost, too many modes. I mean, it's, it seems a little crazy. I'm familiar with the modes in the game when there are 102 of them. And you never know which ones you're going to be playing. Yeah, you probably never will. I mean, obviously, unless they have it to where um, some of the modes are really minor, easy to pass, and they show up more often, and maybe some are a little bit tougher, and they show up a little less often, or or vice versa. Um, Yeah, you're probably going to take... It's probably going to take quite some time. Now, with 102 um, modes, and it takes five to start, really about once every 20 times... Um, at least you're going to be seeing a mode you're familiar with. I, I would guess you'll still learn those modes. It's just the combination of modes that are going to be unique. So anyway, uh, that's all crazy for sure. Yep. I would like to see how that plays out because it's going to be very different how playing a two-player game, unless it's unless player one's mode selection is the same for player two, then you're going to have very different games between players, which could be a cool thing. Um, but anyway, so that that's the nutty, crazy part of it. But what was really cool is that it just looked like it shot really fast. It's a wide body, but it's not slow. has lots of cool toys. It sounds amazing. The spinner sound on the upper right playfield, it sounds like a creaking ship in the water, and that sounded awesome. Um it, look, it looked great. The spinning discs in the center looked pretty awesome. And the shooting cannon was cool. The rocking mini playfield. It just had a lot going on. 
and they said it was about 20% coded at that time. Uh, if you really want to see a good representation of it, check out the Buffalo Pinball reveal stream. Um, Steve Bowden's playing on that. The Buffalo guys play. Keith Johnson plays. The designer, Eric Munier, plays. So people in the know play, and they do some explaining of what's going on. Uh, it looks bonkers, but a good kind of bonkers, I guess you could say. Um <laughs> I'm excited about it. Like I totally pumped to play that thing um, at Texas. It, it should be at Texas pinball festival in March. So I think that's when I'll get my first shot at it. Excellent. I am stoked. It is expensive. There's uh, no getting around that. It's about a, it's a $500 price jump across the board from dialed in. So not cheap. Well, it is um, a Disney license theme with uh ton of stuff in there so yeah it's it's a little bit crazy did they get like johnny uh, there depp was, voices and stuff too there's some custom voices it's not johnny depp it's um oh. i have to go and see who did it i think it might have been jeffrey rush isn't he the one that's barbosa yeah i don't it might have been him i don't know i haven't seen a pirates movie since i don't know what was the first pirates i've seen the first movie. two yeah yeah i've only seen the first two um, and those were a long time ago now. Really so. long time ago. Uh, there was some cool stuff in there. Like one of the coolest things was a little compass. It was a mini LCD screen down in the apron. And it, it's the compass from the movie that Jack has. And what it does is it points towards what's like your best value shot at the moment. So for like a new player who's looking down at their flippers and flipping, that's giving them the angle that they should be flipping at, which is really cool. It might not be for an advanced player, always the best shot to hit at the time, but for someone figuring the game out, it's going to be what advances the mode or what's going to collect the most important thing, or maybe start the multi-ball. Uh, that was really cool really smart. Yeah. And, um, I like that idea a lot. Um, when I am introducing someone to a pinball machine and I stand next to them and say, now shoot this or shoot that, they tend to enjoy a lot more than if I say, oh, give it a try. And then um, they just you know, power through two or three games. They tend to say like, huh, that was okay. And then they walk off. But if you give them a way to kind of get into the meat of it a little bit, then they get a little more excited. So um, it could definitely work that way, yeah. which is smart. Um, but... If you listen to the latest episode of this flipping podcast, Tommy played it. Um, he got a chance to play it there, and he really enjoyed it. And um, a lot of people I've talked to that played it, they say they just can't stop thinking about it. So that's always a good sign when you step away from a pinball machine and you keep thinking about it. Uh, dialed in did that to me, so I've got one sitting behind me now. Ellis, I yeah, I would have to really love pirates to make the room at at the cost though. Yeah. So. Well, that's one uh, I also figure is going to make its way onto location in a bunch of spots. So, you know. It should. Yeah. It should. Uh, maybe not as much as something like a Stern Pro would because you're at almost twice the cost there. But uh, but it but it will, just based on the theme and that's going to be the hot new thing. And it does a lot of new stuff. Um, the, the big time locations will invest in it. Yeah. So... Anyway, it was a fantastic reveal. It was pretty much universally praised. There was like, it's weird to see that, um, especially like on something like Pinside where everybody's saying good things. Um, that was weird. I felt like it was a stepping into the Twilight Zone to see everyone happy about something in Pinball for once. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, that was great. Um, at Stern's a uh, seminar that they did, uh, Gary Stern spoke and he talked about, you know, the continuing importance of the barcade and how that's a big time driver for their sales and for growth of pinball. And you know what? I we had a little we had someone on on the scene, um, Mr. Joe Zankus cut together Gary's speech for us. Um what why don't we just listen to it? Okay. Uh live. I mean that's best way to go about this. Oh here's Gary Stern, Expo twenty seventeen. We have a growth in barcades. I like bars, and I like games. Barcades, I like them because, well, I, beer's okay, I like vodka, but 24 different beers on tap, they list the name of the beer, the price, and the alcohol content, and I can't drink a lot of beer, so I have to have high alcohol beer. We just turn beer, beer now? We like beer, <laughs> and the beer people like pinball. We make toppers, we make side armor, we make ball shooters, and we make beer. We're not going to see you guys tomorrow. we got a party here tomorrow night at 8.30. Please come and drink beer, their beer, and buy more beer for the location so it wants to have more launch parties and more games. Mm. keep saying beer, but it's part of because for me it's vodka, <laughs> but it's part of everything that we're doing here. This is a business. I should have pinball machines, and you guys should come play it and drink our beer. It has a lot of different beer, and that have beer. 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 We like that word, beer. And they'll play pinball and buy beer. Every year there's a new Star Wars, Star Wars, Stern and beer. Beer. Tomorrow night, this room, beer. Beer. Pinball beer. Um, So please come and drink our beer. Drink pinball beer's beer. Who's Gary's designated driver? Very little. No. Uh, No. Steve Ritchie. I want to thank you guys for beer, beer, operative word. Thanks, Joe, for bringing that to us. Um, Gary likes his Gary likes his alcohol. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's goofy, it's funny, but he makes he brings up the, the importance of the of the barcade. Obviously, you out there in Pinball Mecca, Portland, um, you see that all around you, but it's still popping up around the U.S. So, which is great. I, I would like to know internationally if that's like as hot of a trend as it is here. Oh, interesting. There was, um, when Brianne was at the Bell's booth today at the Retro Gaming Expo, someone had come by um, who lives in the UK and a friend of his there, she really likes pinball, but apparently there's not a ton of it um, around where she is. So definitely interesting to see, uh, you know, different locations, how it's kind of, growing more in some more quickly. Um, I was really excited. Danny, um, in New Zealand, Danny Peck, she started bells and chimes, New Zealand. Saw that. Yeah. So they're having their first meeting in December and I already told her, I was like, you need to plan a meeting for when I'm there in March because that would be so much fun. No beer for her. Uh, Portland bells swag to bring to her too. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I saw that. That was just last week, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Elsewhere, I, just other things with Expo. Um, same old story. Everyone goes into Expo. They're all excited about it. News and stuff and reviews and everything. And then coming out, everyone talks about how much they dislike Expo. Like, it's old. It's out, 
out of date, it's expensive, there's not a lot of games to play. Uh, Mike, the guy who runs it, is a jerk to all the vendors and he yells at people. And a few, and every year there are vendors saying, I won't be back. And that actually did start to show this year. I mean, one of their vendors this year was a ballpoint pen maker. So, like, <laughs> trying to fill the space. Um, it's got ball of the name, but, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I guess. got confused. Close enough. Um, but, yeah, like, some big names are just saying we're, we're not coming back. Mike treat us poorly. I don't understand how he's kept that expo alive as long as he has, being as awful as he is to people. So... Um, he was a little bit put out, um, and angry that spooky pinball debuted their game, their launch party at the pinball life open. But on the flip side, everybody loves the pinball life event. Um, it's far more controlled for spooky there. And if you look at the design for, uh, pinball expo, it looks, I'll just say it's very heavily inspired by total nuclear annihilation. Um, (laughs) So, anyway. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of comments from people just about how it's declined. And I've never been to Expo, but, you know, I could see how it had its heyday. And now things are kind of shifting. And if they don't continue to shift as the community shifts, then I can see definitely how people are going to take their time and their money. Because these conventions take a lot of resources, especially, you know, to be a vendor there. You're investing your personal time. You're moving machines. Like, it's it's very taxing. So if you're not going to be treated well, why would you waste your time going there? Yeah. And uh, if you if you go to a show, um, and and usually the, the show organizers are extremely busy, so it's not the easiest thing to sit down and grab their ear for a few minutes. But if you ever do get a chance um, and just talk to them, and tell me how much you appreciate them coming. It's amazing in that just little interaction, how much you, you get a feel for how much they really love uh, what they're doing, but how difficult it is at the same time. Um, I know I talked to Dan um, that runs the Rocky Mountain Pinball Showdown often, and the amount of running around he does to try and secure the vendors or trying to get as much as he can out of that show, it's it's pretty amazing what he does. And that's not, I mean, that's not even nearly on the scale of something like Texas pinball festival, which the coordination that goes into that. And those shows keep getting bigger and people keep coming back because the organizers are cool to the people who support it. And it's not a secret. If you're good to your guests, they'll be more likely to come back. And with expo, I think it's survived in spite of the organizer because Stern Pinball is there. Bally Williams used to be there. And it was always a pinball hub. And so tradition has carried it. But it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Um, I I see it as always having a presence, but probably just continuing to kind of shrink. Um, We'll see. But there's plenty more that happened at Pinball Expo. If you want to check out kind of what happened, um, some of our favorite news sites, pinballnews.com. Uh, Pinball Supernova, This Week in Pinball, all great places to read about it. So, okay. One last thing. Oh, okay. As far as, like, news around this stuff goes, and then we'll see what else we got. But uh, there was new code released for Star Wars. I think that was Friday. 
Okay. Um, 0.93, which is fantastic because in 0.92, there was a literal game-destroying bug. Not like a bug that uh, interrupted your game, but it burnt out the node board that drove the little jump ramp. So if you have a Star Wars and you're on code 0.92, immediately get on 0.93. Like, it's not something you should mess around with. Um, 0.92 can actually destroy your game. Like, burn it out. So don't play it on that anymore. Yikes. Yeah, and um, I finally, I guess I didn't talk about it and things I've been doing pinball, but I finally played a Star Wars Premium. GoPro people. That's all I'm going to say about that game. Because I just don't, I, I don't want to be super negative, but that jump ramp is a nightmare. It's a ball hang up and you're waiting for ball search multiple times a ball. And I hate it. I hate it. Mm. So get a pro. Um, okay. That's the last semi expo related topic. I had, so, okay. But I have my expo related topic. Oh, you've got expo related topics that you held back from me. Just, just the one that I told you I was. I mean, it's fine. Up. I'm just, I'm being blindsided here. But I talked about it all. Okay, so um, <laughs> <laughs> you did allude to it. I'm, I'm just being rude. You, you are, really. I didn't want to have this fight with you right now, but you brought it up. So oh, we, we'll take oh, it off oh. air. We'll, we'll, we'll ha- continue this offline. Um, so Tommy from the Slippin' Podcast. He was so kind as to pick up my Evil Knievel. After replay, he took it and brought it back with him to Indiana. And he brought it up to Expo. And my friend Robert from Double Danger picked it up from him there. So Evil's journey has now moved him. um, So Indiana to Chicago and now to Oklahoma. So he's getting closer. It's really exciting. I want to just like make a little map and have like a little tiny evil Knievel like sticker that I can just kind of like move along. And then you move it, do you make little motorcycle sounds as it's going along the route? Obviously. No. No. That's the only logical way to do that. Uh, So next it's going to be passed on to my friend EJ in Denver and that's probably where it'll stay until you uh, go to Denver for the Denver show. Is that right? Um, I I get out to Denver usually two to three times a year. So there's a chance I could get out there ahead of that. Okay. Um, but I definitely will be out there for that. So hopefully earlier. But if not, then I'll get it at that point. So Excellent. Yeah. I'm really it's excited. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I'm going to turn it over to you with nothing but purple GI. So I'm going to cry. Okay. But also if you like took the time to do that, like you're going to pick it up and then perp it out. <laughs> you have way too much free time. Or I'm very committed to being a jerk. It's one of the two. Oh, that's I'll stay fair. up late if I have to, I'll make time. I will not. <laughs> Do I look like I have free time? I only fly fish like three, four days a week. Right. Um, I obviously don't, or else I'd be doing it four or five days a week. So, Anyway, winter's coming, so pinball playing is going to ramp up more. So. Is that how that works? Yeah, I mean, when spring through fall, I fly fish a lot. 
like a ton. Um, pinball takes a short back seat during that time, but okay. yeah, it's okay. It is okay. I won't judge you too harshly. Although I don't really know how much more of a backseat pinball could take for you because listen, I feel like a lot of the time you're just like, no, no, I didn't really. Nope, not so much the not so much the playing. Well, I don't mention when I'm playing at my home and what I've been doing for pinball. Like I'm obviously playing here, but um, I don't have 45 pinball locations within a 30 minute walk. I mean, that's fair, but there have been times where you haven't even played your home games. I'm just glad that you're actually playing pinball again. Oh, no, I play my home games, but uh, the times when I haven't is when I was... So that's another thing. I was taking on a lot of freelance work recently, and I've really kept that. I don't, I don't know why I was. I didn't need the money, but it's just like, hey, the money's there, so I might as well take it. Um but it was getting to the point where like every night I was doing like three or four hours of other projects and yeah, it was, it was bad plus the migraines. So it, it was totally screwing with things, but. Okay. But I have to say with all the projects that you were doing, you were still able to help me get some flyers made for bells for retro gaming expo. And I 100% would not have had time to do that. So thank you. Well, yeah, it's cause first of all, you're welcome, but that's, that's why I trimmed the projects to be on call for you and your projects. So. <laughs> why? Thank um, you. Much appreciated. No, nah, always willing to help a buddy out, but, uh, I actually have been working on this whole, like simplify my routine lately because I, I've been trying to decide, do I want to, keep being like uh, obviously I'll always play pinball right like that's something I just enjoy doing it calms me down um, my kids are starting to play it a lot often more often and it's it's fun to play with them but I'm trying to decide do I want to continue to sink time and money into competitive pinball and if I do then I just need to dedicate more time to like serious actual practice um, and I think I kind of want to so I'm trying to eliminate other stuff that would detract from that, even to the point where I'm thinking maybe I should downsize the collection a bit. So I have less needs. Like uh, when you have like 16 games, something's always going to be broken on something. Right. Um, but maybe if you only have six or seven, you just play them because they don't break as often. But I don't know. I've been, I've been thinking about that, but um, yeah, I definitely want to be able to play more. Um, and I want to try and get out to locations more because it's a whole different world. Definitely. It really but is. Just what I'm trying to say, there. look out pinball in 2018. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Unless it's star Wars. Oh yeah. So Seabar swapped out the pro for the premium for star Wars. I'm sorry. So I got to actually, I mean, I hit that ramp shot three times and it made it around twice of the three. That's a better percentage than I was getting. I was getting a lot of rejects off of it. Um, but the thing that uh, was driving me nuts is when it's up, if you shoot, like sometimes the other shots lit going the other direction in the horseshoe. Yeah. If you make that shot, it just hits the forks and sits there until the ball search yep. while your multiplier expires and yeah. your modes run out. So that was driving me insane. <laughs> but, uh, 
I don't know. The Hyperloop's kind of cool and it works. I had it fall out and go straight to the outlane on me one time, which was not rad. Right. Um, so anyway, it, to me, it seems like all it is is it introduced a complication and a semi-reliable thing where everything else just worked fine before. Yeah. So, but whatever. The game just doesn't mess with me. I'll go back to Aerosmith and just pretend like st- a good Star Wars is still coming. <laughs> why why is it so hard to get that theme right i don't know i'm not like super motivated to play a lot of it i but i know a lot of people who enjoy it so um, okay do you want me to say how i really feel i hate it i absolutely hate the game i think it's awful like it's oh it's terrible um you got to go back to WWE since game that bad. Um, <laughs> and even then, I would probably play WWE first because it's at least cohesive in its design. Star Wars is a game that the code is ridiculously complicated on a super fast playfield. If you have a super fast playfield, you can't make it that complicated because then you have more things lit up than there are shots, av- I mean, indicators on the shots available. One shot can have six things going, but there's only two arrows that point in it. So who knows what you're actually going to hit? It's not that you can't understand the rules, but the game can't indicate what's going on properly enough. Secondly, it's breakneck speed 100% of the time. So you can't tell uh, what is the best shot at the time because it's just things are happening too quickly. But at the same time, you're supposed to be taking your hand off of the flippers to manage that stupid action button and move around those ridiculous <laughs> multipliers that break the game. So you're going to put all this depth in it, but all you really need to do is maximize the stupid hyperspace hurry up, get the multiplier up to 20 or 40x or whatever it is, get that thing going and hit it and oh great, you just got a 2 billion point shot. Fun! Oh my gosh. And to prove I mean, to prove it out, that's why I went and played this stupid thing on location, and I took every single high score in that game, every single little extra goofy high score, like numbers and TIE Fighters and all the character high scores, and I did it all on my lunch break, and I walked away, and I thought, I don't need to do that again. <sighs> okay. Well, and that's, I mean, it's just, it's not the type of game that I really enjoy, because... It's it's just too complicated. It's what you're saying. Like, you need to spend so much time thinking about all this stuff. And I was like, I'm just going to play it for flow. And that's fine. Like, it's a fast, flowy game. But I have no idea. No idea what I'm doing. Right. Like, you'll play it the same way. Process that information. Yeah. Yeah. That's the crazy part is you'll play it the exact same way twice in a row. But your score will be like five times higher the second game because. You just caught a hurry up with a 20x multiplier, which maybe you meant to do, or maybe it was accidental. Uh, you were slapping TIE fighters to kill them, and you hit it once too many times, and you locked in your multiplier. Well, lucky for you, it was on the hyperspace hurry up. Uh, anyway, I understand how people could like it, but give me Game of Thrones any day, because that game I like, and it's very similar, but... It's held a little bit more in check. It's not so out of control. Um, anyway, yeah. that was a rant. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I've been trying to be better about freaking out <laughs> about stuff on the show about games. Um, I just no, we've been I've, overdue for a good rant. I just, I'm just so bummed out. My my pin side avatar is me wearing a stormtrooper helmet. I like Star Wars, and I 
was so excited that they were making it. I'd known for a long time that they were making it. And I was like, Steve Ritchie? Heck yes. I actually do like Dwight's code on his games. I think he does a great job. But just didn't come together for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That felt good. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Now you I need, should to, t- need to get it out. And, and, and that's why I was so worried about pirates at first when they're talking 102 modes and never same thing. And your hesitation, I feel that as well. But watching people play, it didn't come across to be quite so crazy. Um, I, I don't know if I love the collect the gold with the action button. I'm not sure I like action buttons now. I like it for <laughs> firing the cannon on ACDC. Um, I think it's fine on Game of Thrones where it's just like once during your ball, maybe you hit it. Um, it's even fine on Star Trek to fire the torpedoes, but that's like the extent of it. I don't want it to be um, much more deeper than that because that's just, I don't know. It detracts from the physical. It's all software, and I just want more physical pinball. I think that's why I've been liking the uh, System 11s, the Classic Valleys. I don't know. Sorry. Took nope. a left turn there. But. Nope. Nope. It's, it's a fair point. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would buy a new, like, modern game. I mean, unless it was something like a total nuclear annihilation, but that's way out of my price range. So, but like classic, you know, classic Stearns, it's obviously my wheelhouse, but there are a ton of great ballet machines. There's, I actually was, uh, when I was down at Blair Alley, I was really bummed that they didn't have their Charlie's Angels out because I've played some really fun Goldie games on that machine. And then when I took my mom to the Silverball Museum in Asbury Park, when I was back home, um, she fell in love with Charlie's Angels and I was like, I should probably just get a Charlie's Angels. <laughs> And they didn't have it out at Blair Alley. It was like, oh no. Right. Um, There's a little bit of an an evolution that I think we all go through as we get into the hobby. And I'll save that for another day. But the basics of it are you get in and you start playing and everything's kind of cool and new. And then you start kind of gravitating towards the new stuff because it's flashier. And then as you kind of live in that world for a little while and you start um, discovering that the older stuff has a lot of really neat and unique stuff that just wasn't carried forward in the modern game. The modern game kind of went to the fan layout and they left a lot of like, I don't know how to explain it, but just, I guess I'll call it physical design behind. Um, Then you start really getting into those old games and um, they're addictive, man. And there's just something about them that just feels very scrappy and cool. Um, I mean, put a skate ball out next to a dialed in and I have a dialed in and I adore it. But if it's out on location, I'll go play the skate ball. So. Oh yeah. Oh, they had a beautiful skate ball down at Blair Alley. I was playing the crap out of that and a cheetah, man. I, so, okay. When I first was getting into playing around Portland, uh, Chris Rhodes had a cheetah over at bottles here in town. And like I played it, but this was still before I'd like really, started to learn about the different types of games and find the stuff that I loved. And then it kind of went off location and I hadn't seen it again since then. So that was what, two, two and a half years ago, like somewhere in that time frame. So being a player Ellie and playing that cheetah, I was like, hot damn. Like I really like this game. So 
I just keep thinking of all these games that I've yet to spend quality time with that I 100% am going to be like, yeah, I would also own that one. Yeah, and I don't want to. (laughs) (sighs) Well, the nice thing is there's something for everybody in the hobby. Um, That's why I said I understand why people like Star Wars. It's not for me. And I understand why some people can say I'm not a big fan of EMs or early solid state. They're slow, but I get it. Um, I'm just, I'm leaning more towards the old school right now and that's fine. I, I will still, I still get very excited for new pinball. So it's not that I'm burnt out on that. I mean, obviously I bought a dialed in, right? So (laughs) we'll see what Stern's got coming down the line. We'll, uh, see how pirate shapes up. Hopefully Houdini comes together. Um, I'm excited for all that stuff. And then obviously I already think total nuclear annihilation is fantastic so oh, i cannot wait to play it one of these days you guys will have one show up out there i'm sure of that oh, i really hope so it's so cool jessica oh. get one out there before i drive evil can evil so. <laughs> so i can play it when i go out there uh i only have one other thing do you have anything else i no tesla's doing well thanks to everybody who uh continues to send well wishes to him he was actually napping on my lap for part of the podcast look at him sitting still that's nice ridley's not down here the last time he came down here he caused a scene so well he caused a power disconnect that's right he stepped (laughs) i I still don't understand how that happened but it did so yeah he feels bad. He he prepared a formal apology, and I told him it wasn't necessary. Well, so it's, it's the thought that counts. It's the thought. Um, so my last thing, it's just a special shout out to scoundrel of the show. I, I we'll go with friend of the show, uh, Lee. He had heart surgery um, this week, so I was gonna put "Unbreak My Heart" as the intro music, but. <laughs> your- your but little, you called uh, and sang it to him be, as he was being wheeled into surgery. Yeah. So he's got a rad scar now, and apparently he's already playing better pinball. Um, what? So he he got back home yesterday, and uh, which is good. So he took care of that now. So when all of the shows are happening next year, um, we'll both be in good shape for enjoying those. So. Excellent. So, yeah. Glad that everything went well. Yeah. Keep getting well, Lee. And I'm coming over to play Walking Dead soon. So, I like that game, too. That's not a good game, The Walking Dead. So I don't play it very much, but, yeah. Not, right. not too shabby. Yeah. Not, not bad. All right. Got anything else? I think, uh, I think we covered it. This Hi. is yeah. We kept this one pretty tight. Yeah, we back. Considering it's been almost a month. I know, uh, and that's okay. Um, I I know I had people sending. Okay, so I do appreciate that. People were sending texts, emails, whatever, saying, um, "When's the next show going up?" And I just said, "Hey, we've got it coming soon. We're just scheduling stuff," and um, that was cool. Plus, I don't know what in the world happened if we somehow got some word mentioned somewhere, but like old episode downloads have gone crazy. Like I'm talking like 
show episodes from a long time ago seeing in the past week like individual episodes getting like around a thousand downloads each so either some weird download bot is hitting our old library or (laughs) someone mentioned us somewhere and it got a group going through and, and checking out old stuff but um thanks for people are doing that like if you're a new listener awesome I thought you were going to say thanks to the bots for all the traffic. Well, I was going to say, and if you're a bot, screw off. I pay for that hosting and don't do that. <laughs> right? Uh, right. Any any last shout outs? I, I, don't, I don't have any other shout outs. Um, I think that's well, it. Just, yeah, just thanks again to all of the Bells for being so rad and to Chuck for having us at Retro Gaming Expo this weekend. Very fun. Oh, oh, sorry. One last thing. Mm. This isn't a joke. Um, so with the whole Me Too hashtag thing floating around, just a reminder, um, that's something that I don't think should just be a one-day thing of people coming out and sharing their experiences. People, I know you've all had friends or at least acquaintances posting things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. Um don't just read their account and say, oh, that's nice of them to share that. Think of ways that they don't have to share that in the future. Like, that's not an issue. We, we got to stamp it out. In pinball, I've seen things. I'm not going to call anybody out, but locally I've seen some stuff. Um, at shows I've seen some stuff. Um, I don't want to get into that now. But be cool to each other. Be welcoming to each other. And if you see problems, um, work to fix them. Let's let's keep pinball a place where people can just totally love what they're doing and make it as rad as a hobby as it should be. So um, I don't want to get all into that and like heavy here at the end, but just just something to keep in mind. Um, I think maybe in a different time and place we can talk about it a bit more. But for now, don't let that just be kind of like a one day event or a week long event. Um, male, female, whatever. Um, just be cool. Like let's, let's be better. So. Yep. Agree to that. Okay. I'm not going to go into a, a thing, but yes. We don't need what to. You said. We don't yes. need to. I, I, like I said, I've got some things. I just don't want to bring them up here. Let, we'll close out. Um, but leave it at that. Everybody be cool. All right. <laughs> um, I did not prepare any sort of outro thing and we played Joe's pinball popcorn last time and I know he's working on a new one. I don't want to say what it is, but I'm excited for it. Um, and in honor of having any issues, I think we'll walk it out with this. <laughs> Bye Jessica. Bye Joe. Play pinball. <laughs> <laughs>